0: I'm Carrie. And I'm Christina. We are two registered social workers living in British Columbia, Canada. We work with people who have experienced trauma, people who are currently living in trauma, and we have also experienced trauma ourselves. There's been a stigma around trauma and we would like to bring it into the open and make it not so secret.
1: We will be coming to you weekly to share our thoughts and opinions on how trauma impacts every area of our lives. Join us in exploring not-so-secret trauma. Welcome everyone. We're glad you could join us today. Um, Today we're going to talk about blame and how this came up was a few weeks ago I came across this video um, from a site called RSA Shorts. I'll put the link in the description. Um, And it was a video done by Brene Brown um, talking about her thoughts on blame um and how she identifies herself as a blamer i think that i can tend that way how about you oh definitely yeah (laughs) um and it just so it happened i saw the video just before chris and i went on our cruise And it was like one of the first couple days something happened and I don't remember what it was. And I got like grouchy about it and immediately was like, well, if he didn't blah, blah, blah. And then I was sitting in the hot tub by myself in this like lovely spa and the the thought of this video came back to me and I was like, oh, oh my goodness, I'm blaming him. And I actually have the choice of whether or not I am going to let whatever that incident, which obviously is so insignificant because I don't even remember it. <laughs> um, am I going to let that ruin my day? Or am I just going to let it go and choose to enjoy my time? And I let it go and enjoyed my day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of carried on throughout the week. Like I would go to the hot tub every day on my own and reflect on, am I blaming anybody? Am I enjoying myself? How am I walking into each day here on this cruise that is like such a privileged thing to do? Um And I just found that was, like, super helpful in making sure I had a good experience.
0: Wow. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to recognize stuff like that. So I'm glad that you had read that previous Mm to going. It might have, you know, kind of changed the course of your cruise if you had held on to that. Yes. Would you say anger, maybe? Frustration? Um, Resentment. Resentment? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I think that's kind of, if I'm blaming, then I'm probably tending more towards resentment. Like, how could you ruin this for me? Mm -hmm. When really, yeah, nobody should have the power to ruin something for you. Yeah.
0: Well, you can't control what other people do or say. No. Yeah, it makes sense. Just control yourself.
1: Yeah. 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 So in this article that I found talking about that video, um, it's saying that, do you, do you have room for empathy and accountability? Or do you immediately want to know whose fault something is? Like, do you think, hmm, what could I have done differently in this situation? Or are you immediately, Christina, how could you? Yeah.
0: Well, I think like I read that as well. And I was thinking they talked about like the blame means you've got control over it. But I feel the opposite. So I feel like, I don't like confrontation, so mm-hmm. if something happens and I don't say something, I feel like I have the control, because then I'm controlling the fact that I don't have to go back and forth. Right. So, you know, huge in- incident um, at school um, during my practicum, and instead of going back and like confronting or standing up for myself, I just walked away mm-hmm. and didn't deal with it because I didn't want to go back and forth. It's easier to walk away. And I do that with friendships because I think I have enough and I get that. I feel like I have control saying I don't want to blame. So I don't know. This is the exact opposite experience as this article says. (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting.
1: (laughs) But like you don't want to blame. So does that mean actually she says something like that in here? I think you don't want to blame. So it, um, it, doesn't like make you go through that awkwardness or yeah adrenaline of a conflict. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and plus I also hang, hide my anger or I don't deal with it. So yeah. I never get to that point where I'm angry and I'm blaming right away. Yeah. Um, only if I'm embarrassed, if I'm embarrassed, mm. I could definitely get into the blame game. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it says
1: in here that Brene says, I'd rather it be my fault than no one's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, the reason that we blame is because it releases discomfort and pain. Yeah, we try to fault others for our mistakes because it makes us feel like we're still in control. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, so um, yeah, it's got a good relationship with accountability then because we're not being accountable if we're blaming. Mm-hmm. You know, even just saying, "Oh, yeah, I have to think about that one," is better.
1: Yeah, and I think so. When I was on the cruise, I did a little bit of like deeper reading on blame and the um, which side are you? Like, are you a blamer or not? And I found um, something I don't, I can look for it and see if I can find it and put it in, but talking about that people who are introverted are more often not the blamers and people who are extroverted tend to, like, react quicker, so they would tend to blame
0: Mm. quicker. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, and actually, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I am i don't feel like I'm an introvert, but I definitely don't want to deal with it, so I don't blame. So Mm. I wonder if I am an introvert. I see you as an introvert. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, I think both of us have the ability to to speak comfortably in groups of people, Mm. but I think that both of us would rather not.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're right. One-on-one is better. Yeah, <laughs> for me and you.
1: Yeah.
0: We seem to do better anyway.
1: And I think like it's important to yeah. acknowledge that accountability is a very vulnerable process. Like yeah. you have to be ready to say when you did that I feel like I was hurt by that. Like mm-hmm. my feelings were hurt. Mm-hmm when this happened Mm -hmm. so if you're not in a place where you can let somebody know that something that they have done has made you uncomfortable or sad (laughs) angry yeah um then it's going to be harder to work through things like this um like I had an experience recently where I had a bit of a disagreement with somebody and it took me a couple of days to address it which is usually my go to like I'll take a couple of days to sit and I guess calm down <laughs> and then say hey I just want to talk about this when this and this and this happened. This is how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've had more success in relationships when I address things in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How about you? Um, I think that I'm very similar. I, well, I go into freeze mode, usually. If right. something happens that makes me angry, because I don't really show anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I generally have to run away. <laughs> okay. I freeze and then flight, I guess. Right. Um, and I do think about it. And if somebody pushes me, I just freeze, freeze, freeze. Mm. So I'm, I guess I'm not really a blamer in that way. But my trauma response is definitely not to... Like run? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah or ghost ghosting. Yeah.
1: That's another big one for me. So like when you earlier said that you had that issue in school yeah, um, and you chose to just not deal with it. Yeah. Um, do you, what do you think would have happened had you said, Hey, when this happened, this was how I felt. Do you think that it would have,
0: I think it just would have, it, my thought was it would have just made me engage more in the, you know, they would have said this, and then I would have said no. And what about this? Or this is the what what I was thinking, or this is my understanding. Mm. Um, And I didn't want to talk to them anymore. I just wanted to get out. Right? Yeah. So um, I talked to somebody at work about it. And they said, you should wait until you're long past this and better and feeling better and really have thought about it and then go back and not blame, but just say, mm-hmm. this is the way you made me feel. This is the way I felt after dealing with, you know, that meeting right. um, that we had Yeah. where I didn't speak. But this is, here's is my thoughts. And I thought that was a very lovely idea. Mm-hmm. But again, then I have to deal with uh, them coming back. And then we, yeah. you know, I just didn't, I just don't want to bother with people. Like yeah. if they make me uncomfortable or if I don't like what they're saying or I feel, I mean, this is goes back. A long way I know this is my style from childhood and mm. um, throughout my early adult life is that I just don't want to deal with people which is why I just walk away and ghost people I just yeah. can't be bothered I've had too much bullying and too much abuse now I just don't mm. if you and I, I I say that and then people are going to listen to me and say, well now I don't want to have any conversation with her. But <laughs> I think everybody in my life right now is somebody I would fight for. Right. Yeah. I would say like I'm comfortable and I picked people now that are wonderful. Right. Yeah. So. And you would you feel comfortable? So like say tomorrow,
1: mm-hmm. I do something or say something that doesn't feel good for you. Would you tell me
0: that? Yes. You would. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody I would know. It's a little bit harder with my kids because, Mm -hmm. um, like, I want – I just – I don't know. I don't tell them as much. Right. Yeah. If I do, it's usually a text, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's marshmallowed in with kindness and gooeyness. Right. Yeah. So I just don't want to have conflict, and that might be partly because I am going through a divorce, Mm -hmm. and they have more time with their dad. Um, so I just don't want them, to, I don't want to be angry at all. Yeah. So I know that's a temporary thing
1: though. And, right. You know. It's a tough like season mm-hmm. to be in. Yeah. 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 Um, I just wanted to, I know this is like long past mm-hmm. when you said this, but you, when you were saying about the person at school, you said that you didn't want to have a meeting where you would have to say, you made me feel, and then you
0: corrected yourself.
1: And I think that's like a good yeah. thing to point out is that. Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. They can't make me feel stuff. Yeah. I feel what I feel and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's hard to correct because we've said so many times in our life, you made me feel sad or whatever. You broke my heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that always makes me think of the scene in a movie called Dan in Real Life Ooh. with Steve Carell. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. And he's fighting with his daughter because she wants to date this guy and he doesn't want her to. And they're out at a cabin for a family getaway and this boyfriend shows up and he makes him leave. And his daughter runs after the car and turns around and screams, you are a murderer (laughs) of love. I have seen that then oh my goodness oh my goodness that's funny yeah I mean it's it's funny but it's like not funny because that yeah. poor girl
0: <laughs> really felt that way oh uh, yeah good catch on that one I did yeah. I caught myself on that one mm-hmm. that's again blaming you made me feel yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and I think like step one acknowledge right yeah
0: yeah there you go Woohoo! Yay! Man. yeah good job yeah. good job <laughs> <laughs> once we get to the like what's that last part called that you like talking about again? Strategies. Strategies. (laughs) We'll add that in there. I think it's the top of the list though. Yeah, Yeah, I would hope so. Um, um, I was going to bring up something, the video that you were looking at, there was another link to that video, um, by uh, my favorites, the Gottman Institute. Oh, they talk about blame quite a bit because it's, and this goes back to one of our p- previous podcasts with the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Mm. So those are basically relationship breakers. And Blame is one of those. It's, oh. a, it's an example of de- defensiveness. Um, So each of the horsemen predicts relationship failure. So this is a big one oh, to okay. note. And yeah. way to go. This was a great idea for the podcast for this week. Um, because, well, I worship the Gottmans. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really do. You should see her book. It's like... <laughs> So many stickies coming out of it. <laughs> it's great. Every page, there's so much in yeah. <laughs> there. I love them. But their website is so great. We should actually mm-hmm. put the link to that one oh, in I will. there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, because it leads to other um, uh, of the four horsemen, which of course you want to know if you're in a relationship, yeah. any relationship, if you have a friendship that, you know, we all care about our friends. We don't want to yeah. be doing this to friends or loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're basically saying, like, you know, it's underhanded. Um, it can be a counterattack, and it actually leads to missed opportunities for empathy and emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, turning towards. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's a big part of that, right? In that book, they do talk about turning towards is one of the biggest relationship killers. If you don't do that. Yeah. But that being said, they also say, Most people in healthy relationships turn towards 83% of the time. It's not 100% because we are distracted and we're busy and there's technology. We're human. Yes. So it's not like you have to be on all the time either. Mm -hmm. But it's the people that are like, and they say it's either you have a really high or very, very low. And those are interesting, um, like that came out of there because they view people when they go to the Gottman Institute you're viewed 24 7 right so they're seeing everything that you're doing and they've got conclusions from this very very um thorough Mm -hmm. research I would like part of me would love to do that
1: Mm -hmm. but part of me also is like scared
0: to go with Chris
1: to go and like learn yeah but it would be such a bonding exercise like it would it has the potential to make us closer right but i yeah. think it also yeah. would work The it could work the other way
0: yeah where it's pointing out your it's i mean it's not criticism it's for help right yeah and i don't believe in the word constructive criticism um so no
1: no can you just um briefly mention what the other three
0: are oh yeah um So the four horsemen um, and how to stop them with their antidotes is what I will go over now. So the first one is criticism. So it's verbally attacking um, personality or character. Contempt is attacking some, uh, like a sense of self with the intent to insult or abuse, um, which is the blame one. Defensiveness is victimizing yourself to ward off perceived attacks and reverse the blame. And stonewalling is withdrawing to avoid conflict and convey disapproval, distance, or separation. Um, So basically, these ones are, um, um, I guess, the like beginning of the end. Like if if you don't take care of stuff, yeah, um, and resolve it, then this like it's a predictor of a marriage breakup or relationship. That makes sense.
1: Like when you're reading the descriptions.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So um just to dive in a little bit more into defensiveness. Mm-hmm. It's um it's basically a way of blaming your your spouse, partner, friend. You're saying the problem isn't you. Yeah. It's isn't me, it's you. So yeah. I'm looking at you, that's why I say it is you, Carrie. <laughs> always me. it's always you. <laughs> yeah. So as a result, the problem isn't resolved. Um so the conflict just will keep escalating or Mm -hmm. it will just keep repeating if you don't resolve it. So like, what is the, what they call antidote of this and it's basically um, taking responsibility for the conflict, even if it's, if you, you truly believe it's their fault. So the example they use is it's not going to, it's not my fault that we're going to be late. It's your fault since you always get dressed at the last second. And I am talking about you, Carrie. I'm leaving it's to meet true. you. And to... Carrie says, I'll get dressed now. Put pants on. <laughs> That's exactly what you say. <laughs> yeah. So the antidote would, to that would be instead of blaming, saying, I don't like being late. But you're right. We don't always have to leave so early either. So let's try and be flexible, work this out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, one thing in the, like when they're talking about defensiveness um, and its connection to blaming, mm-hmm. they talk about it being um like taking the place of a victim like a victim mentality mm-hmm. against an attack and i mean it, living in a victim mentality doesn't feel good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i think that that like i never thought of blame connected to victim mentality like
0: that yeah it's yeah. super interesting yeah, and um the I guess the what the Gottmans are saying is like it's never going to work to blame. You're never going to be successful in that relationship. So that's why they so strongly talk about these four. Mm-hmm. Um because these are they study people 24/7. They know yeah. these four are like they're they are predictors of breakups or friendship enders or yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah don't attack or blame. Yeah. If possible, like think of something else. Mm-hmm. How could you say it and not blame? So yeah. it might take practice. Yeah. Um, what is one way you can, sorry, what is one way you can take responsibility for things? Um, my suggestion would be to wait, um, like to think ahead. And then when you want to blame the next time, pause Mm -hmm. and you can practice before now that you have this information, but what is your goal? What do you, what do you think your goal is in the blame? Like, are you being defensive? Are you feeling ashamed for something and you just don't want to Mm -hmm. be accountable for it? Um, And then the other thing is what is the real problem underlying the conflict? So an example of this would be in Carrie getting dressed at the last second, um, and by the way, she's never late because we take, so if I was mad at that and I was like blaming her for it and saying, you know, you always are late or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I would wonder what the real problem is. Maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily what my goal is. My goal is to be on time because we get together before work and I'm yes. limited time right. here, but Um, the real problem might be that I feel disrespected of my time. And again, Carrie's not late, but I know I have had people that are, were chronically late Mm -hmm. and I always felt like they just didn't care about me or think I was valuable because they would be very, very late and that was not okay. No, I still feel Mm -hmm. that way. Like if somebody's late,
1: yeah, it's, I feel like it's so rude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so my my thoughts on that were to like think ahead of time. And sometimes you know because it's something that somebody's doing all the time and you're just like, ah, them, like I'm so mad again. This. Yes. Yeah. So think think of those couple things, um what is the goal? What do you need to happen and what is underlying? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's
1: you know a good reminder to always try to take a second if you're feeling that like anger start to rise take Mm -hmm. a second to make sure that you're responding instead of reacting ah well
0: said yeah and also think about maybe what you can learn from it like Mm -hmm. yeah so I learned I have probably OCD with with time that's a really good example because I don't like being late and I don't like it and I don't like disrespecting others Mm -hmm. so I'm always chronically early yeah which affected my child because an example was when she started dating her boyfriend, he w- he was used to being late because his mom was late. Right. And so they made plans to go somewhere in Vancouver, um, so that's like an hour and a half away from us. And he was he said come come at eight. I th- think they left at eleven or noon because he wasn't ready at all. Oh my goodness. And so that only happened once because my daughter's very strong and I, I think she put her foot down a little bit and yeah. probably blamed, but. Um, maybe doesn't have the tools. I don't know what she did, to be honest, but yeah. he's on time now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, he's always been on time, so maybe that was him reflecting and going, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to see that.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's nice. Like, it's cool when you can see people
0: growing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's definitely something I've identified as bo- that bothers me, but it's a historical thing because it was my dad that was um, – chronically early too Mm. but and his fear was um, he drove to vancouver every day for work and so he had like to fight traffic and he had to make sure he was really early because you know all the traffic stops on the highway (laughs) can you imagine if
1: he had to do that drive now
0: yeah no it's way too busy now yeah (laughs) 35 40 years ago it was not the same but still busy still busy yeah and still a long way yeah and accidents were rarer then because we didn't have cell phones probably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it stopped everything. People were like, oh, my goodness, and they would pull over to help. I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah. That does not happen anymore. No, it does not.
1: Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't Not happen, very often. Yeah. It's not common. Um. So you were saying that um, look and see what the lesson to be learned is. Yeah. And that's the first thing I have in this list of strategies as well. <laughs> Believe there is a lesson to be learned and consent to learn it. Awesome. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, like, yeah, you might know that there's a lesson, but are you consenting to learn it? Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to take it to heart or are you just going to be like, whatever? It's their fault.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be upset if it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they really need to learn this lesson. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I know better for them, which was another podcast we did. That's very disrespectful to somebody totally um and then the next one
1: is admit that you might have helped to create the problem
0: ah yeah. That. Mm-hmm. yeah, it always takes two in some capacity, absolutely, so it might even be that they think you're passive because you have been, and yeah. that they can do whatever they did, right, yeah, absolutely, um.
1: So it that it says that it might that it does require you to immediately quit playing the blame game, consider the possibility that you somehow contributed to your current situation, yeah, so
0: I like have talked a little bit about bullying in my past mm-hmm. and I'm writing papers about it now, and i I definitely see the responsibility on my part because I ran away and I didn't confront. And as soon as you say something to somebody, it gets dealt with. Right. So that might not have com- completed to the 20-year mark mm. had I said something. And, you know, passive, being passive and um, ghosting and all that stuff is a decision. That's true. To yeah. not engage and yeah. not really take responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that's my example. Do you have an example? <laughs> um, well, I think like what I said at
1: the beginning where I talked about – the cruise and how I would take time to reflect on my role. Is mm-hmm. that answering the question Yeah, properly? that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then, uh, you know, you brought it to the podcast. So you're not mm-hmm. only learning a lesson, but I feel like you're helping others. I hope so. Your reach is far, lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, which then weirdly segues into the next page. oh my gosh take some time alone and review the situation <laughs> mm, I love that yeah we've already
0: said that so that's really good mm-hmm. makes sense yeah
1: like I think my trip could have gone much differently had I not taken that time every day and honestly it was usually at the beginning of the day to just like mm-hmm. um almost like sudden intention for the mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let this thing bother me. I'm not going to get mad if this does or doesn't happen. One of the things that was making me upset on the cruise was that when we were, like, sailing, like, an at-sea day, and there were so many whales on our trip, and that's, like, so magical to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody would say, whale, and everybody would stand up in front of the window, and then I couldn't see. Or they would like lean forward and block my view. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if they didn't lean forward, I would have been able to see that whale. Mm -hmm. Or maybe if I had stood up or moved, I would have been able to see better. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, I feel like that was a good, like that week was really good for me to kind of really integrate this um idea Mm -hmm.
0: of not blaming well you really um how do i say this you came back you did come back looking refreshed so Mm. interesting like the reflection really worked yeah and implementation of it yeah good so
1: now how do we get a hot tub here so that we can every day set our attention (laughs) yes that would be amazing Mm -hmm. um so then the next one is to let go of your attachment to the problem.
0: Um, so that's a good one, too. It's the time to, like, you've had the time to think about it. Yeah. And then, you know, now this is the next step.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so this article says the more you leech onto a problem, the more it leaches right back to you. Ooh. Yeah. You'll never be able to see the lesson if you dwell on it. hmm and, like, focus on the little details, like, well, if it had been a little bit warmer, or if the food hadn't been so hot, or, yeah. like, whatever, right? Yeah. If you're focusing on those little pieces, then you're not going to be able to let it go and figure out where your part in it was. Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, this person says that their first, their favorite steps were three and four, so that taking time alone and then letting go of your attachment. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think we've reached a natural end again. We've covered, I think, everything there is to cover on the topic. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we say goodbye?
0: Um. I think we could talk about how this actually relates to trauma. Oh, yeah. So we talk about different responses, our fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked how we incorporated it into blame because blame comes from, like, insecurities. It comes from um, being unsure of yourself, being Mm -hmm. scared. So, you know, all of those things put together sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really talk about that, but I think like I just assume now Mm -hmm. that everything, everything is related to trauma that (laughs) especially that we talk about. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. That's a good point. Um, All right. So thank you for joining us and we hope that you've enjoyed the content as always. If anything has like been triggered in you, reach out to somebody that you love and trust. And we hope to see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's discussion. If you have any feedback, please email us at notsosecrettraumapodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to seeing you again.